0: The word of God that comes to us today is from Isaiah. He says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is finished, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I can't say how thankful I am to be your pastor to be the pastor here, uh, you are the best. I love you guys. You really are. You have been so supportive. You've, uh, you've prayed and you've put your prayers in action uh, at the Living Nativity and many, many other times. You are, um, I'm thankful for God's work in you. Sometimes it goes unrecognized, unnoticed. You faithfully put your head down. You like to serve behind the scenes, sometimes up front. But you do it. You do what God asks of you. Are you a poor, miserable, rotten sinner? Yes, so am I. I want to thank Pastor Ben Eater for last week um, preaching and sharing some good news with us. I think the thing that many people took away, well, there's two things. One, the focus on Advent, that Christ, Christ came in the flesh for us, that he comes now and serves us by his word, by, his, by the sacraments, the means of grace, and he will come again. That's what Advent means, and we celebrate that. The other thing I think people were remembering is, that, is this, that, you know what, in all the work you do, you don't have to be perfect. God just calls you to be faithful. Or as some other people say it, you need to be um, need to be available, right? So uh, thank you, Pastor Ben, for preaching that good, good message last week. So we know that Christ does come, that he has come, and he will come again, right? That's our hope. That's why we're gathered here together, here in the, the Holy Ark of the Christian Church. I want to back up and ask uh, two questions, one of which I don't have the answer for. The first one is, we're thinking about the advent of Christ. Why? Why did he come in the first place? I think we all have answers for that. In your own head, can you think of something, a few things? Why did he bother to come down here? Was he bored in heaven? No. No. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternal bliss. There is no discord. There is no boredom. All life is contained in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son of God was not bored. So why did He come down? Amen. To save us. Because there was and is sin in the world. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sit down now because uh, that's the sermon right there. <laughs> Mike and Ernie just preached the sermon to you. So thank you, guys. Lord bless you. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly it. You have in front of you, you have the great text of Isaiah. So take take a turn to that in your bulletin, Isaiah chapter 40. If you want to pull out your Bible, I'm going to refer to something before Isaiah 40 in the book of Isaiah, but that'll suffice. Why did Jesus come, as Ernie said, because there's sin in the world, as Mike said, to be our Savior? That, that is so true. One would come to prepare the way of the Lord. Look at verse 6. Here's one of the reasons that this messenger to prepare the way of the Lord would do. He says, a voice says, cry. And I say, said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its chesed, its loving kindness, all its beauty is like the flower of the field. It's translated just beauty, but that is the very best we have to offer is like grass. It's going to vanish. And Isaiah goes on and says, The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So there's this contrast between the temporal, that just vanishes, And other places in the Bible it says it melts away, it it goes up in smoke. Vanity of vanities, all his vanities, just blows away to nothingness. That's our life on our own in this state. There's something contrasted to that. Verse 8 says, but the word of our God will stand forever. So why did Jesus come? Because we're vanishing, we're blowing away. We will not make it without him, as Mike said, to be our Savior. Go back, go to verse 1. See how it says, comfort, comfort my people, says our God. Isn't that great? It's, it's doubled. Not that he didn't mean it the first time, comfort my people, but he emphasizes it. Comfort, comfort my people. And it's a word that does what it says. Now, if you only read that, it sounds really good, right? It sounds, this is the message of our culture, like to feel good, to have comfort in life. Do you agree? Like it's everywhere, Right? Tell yourself whatever you have to to feel better. right? Do whatever you have to to feel better, to comfort yourself. Right? It's everywhere. Most religions are about this. Comfort yourself. But here this says, comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. It is a different type of comfort, maybe a deeper, a real comfort. And it doesn't really make sense unless you understand what Ernie said. Because there is sin in the world. Now, I decided not to print Isaiah chapters 1 to 39 in your bulletin um, because it's a little bit long. But here, verse chapter 40, it's a great turn. Think of a hinge or, or like an, you know one movie uh, and then there's a sequel. This is the sequel to the first part of, of Isaiah. In the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, Isaiah from, from God says what Ernie says, there is sin in the world. So I'm only going to give you uh, the very first chapter a blip and the very last chapter, 39 of that section, another blip, to show this. And maybe it relates to us. Isaiah 1 says this. These are the very first words of Isaiah. He says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I raised and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner. The donkey knows its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. So it's the very beginning of Isaiah. And Isaiah, from God, says, these are my people. And my people don't know me. These are my, even more, these are my children. Think of this for a moment. And some of us have this pain in our hearts. If you have kids who have gone astray, this is my child. And my child doesn't even know me. Think of that pain for a moment, right? We have that pain whether it's a child or grandchild. Now, we have that pain and we are imperfect people, but think of God. He is not imperfect in any way. He is love, and yet he, his own people, his own children, don't know him. And then that comes out in chapter 1 of Isaiah in lots of different ways, uh, that they're sick, uh, that they're um, straddled with all kinds of sins, that they are... Um, on and on, like they're like Sodom and Gomorrah. They, they offer fake sacrifices. They do all these things on their own. Their hands are full of bloodshed. They have injustice to fathers, to the fatherless, and to widows, on and on, right? And we see that in our own, our own culture, our own lives. This being wayward from God, not knowing God, comes out in a thousand ways, right? Sometimes it looks really good. Sometimes it looks really wicked, but it's still the same thing. Well, that's chapter one, and I'll invite you to read that. Isaiah goes and has many promises, chapters one through thirty-nine, uh, of the coming king, the coming kingdom, uh, of the the one who'd be born of a virgin. Right? All these great promises, but he also gets in chapters thirty-eight and thirty-nine. There's a king named, named Hezekiah. All right? Hezekiah is the king, and he he's being attacked. Here's an example of he has faith. He's being attacked by by the king north from uh, from Assyria. And he's like, you know what, this army is gonna destroy me. I'm tiny, they're huge, right? And he just takes the letter that he's sent saying, We're gonna kill you, and he just takes it into the temple and he just lays it before God in the in the holy place. He has faith and says, God, this is your problem. Does God ignore him? No. God sends that that horrible army away. And Hezekiah also gets sick, like he should die. And he prays to God. And he could have just vanished, but God healed him. So God did a lot of things in Hezekiah's life. And then uh, he gets better, and then he has these envoys from a place called Babylon come, like these guys from another nation. Oh, we heard that your God healed you. Let's come and, and um, let's come and visit you. So they come and visit, and he shows them all the cool stuff in the kingdom. He shows them the Holy of Holies, all of the the stuff covered in gold, this temple that it was entirely covered in gold. Uh, All the storehouses, it's full, all all the rubies, all the gold, all the silver, and he just shows it off. He's like, look at all the stuff we have. And Isaiah the king, Isaiah the prophet says, what are you doing? He says, well, I just showed these guys. They're from a place called Babylon. I just showed it to them. I thought it would, you know, be impressive. And Isaiah says, what you just did, in other words, the pride in your heart, is going to make those guys come back and take it all. And that's what happened. The, the nation Babylon came and carted it all off. Because of this king, even though he had so much in his life that was good, he turned astray and became proud. And here's the worst thing. At the end, Isaiah tells him this, and, and this is how Hezekiah responds. He says, well, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. In other words, he agrees with Isaiah that it's all going to be carted away. But then it tells us his own heart. It says, for he thought, there will be peace and security in my days. In other words, my whole nation's going to be torn away. Some of my kids are going to be uh, eunuchs in this other kingdom. It's going to go horrible for my family and my country. But that's all right. In my days, it's going to be okay. For me, it'll work out, right? I don't suffer any personal consequences. And so I bring that to me and to you because, in many ways, we're good. Like America is a great place to be, but we're not necessarily planning for the future where it might be absolutely horrible. We're not helping the next generation get ready for what might come. We just say to ourselves, we're good. So I don't know if that applies to you or not. Just a reflection from myself. That's Isaiah 1. They don't know him. Isaiah 39, they, they boast in their heart. And then it comes to Isaiah 40. Let's take a look at it again. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. These are good words in this context, because their whole nation will be destroyed. These are words that will be remembered down the road when they're way far away from their homeland. They're he- they will hear the prophet speak again, Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is finished, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now when you hear that double for all her sins, what do you think of? Israel's put her time in, right? She suffered the consequences. Is that how you hear it? I've almost like you're supposed to stay an hour for detention and you stayed two hours, right? You did double duty. You're supposed to pay, you know, you didn't get your car inspected. It's going to cost 250. You paid 500 bucks, right? Is that how you hear it? That's how I initially hear it until I thought about it more and, and I talked to some other people. And this is not a time to say, look, God punished you more than he should have. It's in the context of comfort. Comfort, my people, says your God, your warfare is ended. That is, your warfare against God has come to an end. Her iniquity is pardoned. She's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Well, to receive single in this context would be your pardon is, your iniquity is pardoned. Forgiveness, right? Is that why we come here? Is that one of the reasons? Yeah, absolutely. We come here because God is a forgiving God. I'm going to pause that just for a second, and I'll tell you the other reason. So that's why Christ had to come, and we have an answer for that. We had, Christ had to come because we needed a Savior, and there's sin in the world. He's come to save us and to bring the new heavens and new earth. Well, we look over at the Gospel of Mark. Flip over a page in your bulletin, and we see John the Baptist quoting from this chapter. And we see Jesus show up on the scene. And in this, this coming of Jesus, so that's, he's now on the scene, and we think back to Isaiah, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Well, we know how we are pardoned, right? We proclaim it. Christ came for us as we see here in the Gospel of Mark. He is the very Son of God. He lived a sinless life, and he gave his life for us, right? This is, this is not news for you. Christ died for us. He rose so that we might be forgiven. Mark chapter 2, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He says that to you. Daughter, your sins are forgiven. That's to receive from the Lord's hand, single. Is it good? Come on. Yes. Amen. This is the real comfort that the world needs, the real comfort that we need. I don't know how your week was. Was it perfect? Okay, we need it. Well, that's to receive from the Lord's hand single. You don't have this printed in your Bible. But to receive from the Lord's hand double is something, well, let me just think of it like this. Think of even from this week, all of your thoughts, words, and deeds. And they're all on a whiteboard down in the basement. There's that whiteboard down there. It's, it's eight feet wide, four feet tall. And let's say that God were to write on there all of your deeds And now he's going to focus on who you really are. And much of it is okay, like Hezekiah. And so much of it is pride. So much of it is sin. Do you think there would be enough room on that whiteboard for all your stuff? Not really. No. Not if you go back to who we really are. Right? It's going to be full of all those things. So to receive from the Lord's hand is is Jesus dying for your sins. And he comes and he erases that thing. And it's perfectly white. That whiteboard is entirely spotless, right? You want that, right? What does the Lord have against you? There's nothing on there, nothing. It has been wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb. Sound good? Yes. Now, to receive from the Lord's hand double is this. Second Corinthians 520, 5.21, go to the right book here. 5.21 says this, that for our sake, God made him, that is Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that whiteboard is wiped clean. And then Jesus takes out uh, his, his whiteboard marker and he starts writing all of his righteous deeds on there. Obeyed the Father, prayed for all, uh, gave my life. Uh, all these things that he did, and that becomes ours. So not only are we forgiven, we are labeled with all of the righteousness of Jesus. That is to receive from the Lord's hand double. Is that comfort? Comfort? Yes, it is. Thanks be to God. So we ask ourselves, I said there's two questions. Uh, Why did Jesus come? We got the answer. Well, other question which we won't answer is, why hasn't he come back again? And we don't have the answer for that. We do not know when he'll come back, but when he comes, he will make a perfect new heavens and new earth. Peter tells us this. Oh, by the way, before we do that, anyone know who made the bulletin? Like the cover? Did you see the cover of the bulletin? What's going on with that? Linda, did you do that? Sean, did you do that? Melissa? Who did it? (laughs) Well, Here we have a picture of uh, some people who are running a race, and um, it's called the Santa Race. I know who these people are. You want me to tell you? All right. Nick, 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 and Nikki. All right? That's who these people are. These are people who are running the race as Saint Nick. You all know who Saint Nick is, right? Nicholas of Myra. Uh, He... uh, He's legends have grown up around him where he did good deeds. And he did. He was the bishop of, of uh, is it Myla or Milan? I forget. Somewhere in Turkey, he was the bishop. And he would hear stories of young girls need, and, and their families in need. And he would, you know, the legend goes, he'd drop uh, gold coins down the chimney, right? I want him to visit my house, all right? Some gold coins down the chimney. Well, that probably didn't happen. But what did happen is that he stood for the faith. He was at the Council of Nicaea. And he did say that this Jesus who came... It's not true that, okay, they would say there was a, the, this group called the Arians, and I'll try to cut this short. Uh, there was this group called the Arians said there was a time when the sun was not. In other words, they read the Bible and said, well, Jesus, he is God-like, but he's definitely a creature of God, right? Do you, does that make sense? That's what present-day Jehovah's Witnesses believe, right? That, that Jesus is the highest creation. Not true, Jesus is creator, and so at the Council of Nicaea, uh, there's a legend, and I think I like this one. Uh, it's not good, but uh, Nick, uh, he got a little upset at someone who kept on saying, look, Jesus is a, cre- a creature, and, and Nick is like, and all these other guys are like, no, he's the creator. Is this a small detail? No, right? So Nick um, took his gloves out, and you know he gave this guy a mouthful. So uh, probably not a good idea, but he was standing for the faith. And now we can think of all these Nick, 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 and Nickies, how they are doing what Peter tells us to do. So look in your, we'll end with this. We don't know why Jesus hasn't come back, but if you look at Second Peter, we do know that his slowness, this is verse 9, uh, it, it, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. right? This is why Jesus came, that all might believe. And it goes on and, and says, um, look at verse 11, and this is why the picture is there. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Right? That word hastening means being ready for. I think of it as running after. Uh, running after the one who has promised to come again. Uh, And then it ends with this. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So we believe that Jesus has come to wipe our board clean and he has come to write his own righteousness upon our hearts. And because of that, we have this nice little Nick suit. Uh, We could say a Jesus suit and we get to run after him. He will come again. All right, that was long. I apologize. Next time... Uh, ben, when I get about halfway through, just say, you know, "Cut it!" All right. Well, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit bless and keep you always. Amen.